0: You're listening to Selfish. This is where we bring self-care and bravery together to encourage you to follow your dreams. Here is your host,
1: your favorite selfish enthusiast, Allie Hembree-Martin.
0: After founding multiple businesses for herself, scaling some for others, Mentoring and coaching hundreds of founders and running the Center for Entrepreneurship at the nation's largest public university, Christy Kerner knows what it takes to build a multi-million dollar company. The best part is you'll never guess the primary skill you don't need to do it. Christy, I am so excited you're here talking with me today. Thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely, Ali. Pleasure to connect. So first tell us about yourself.
1: Oh well, you know, I think probably the easiest way to describe me is a company builder. Company building is my sport and my career. It's a lot of what my entire life is about, really. Um I got started really young as a as a teenager building companies, and here I am 25 years later, mostly having a career of doing just that. So I, I can really geek out well on the concept of what it takes to build something and create it and bring to life, bring it to life and make it something pretty big too. Currently, I should add, I am running um, a company that I started just in the last couple of years called My Little Mascara Club. So this one is kind of, if you imagine, like a Dollar Shave Club that delivers your mascara in a a really unique mascara in a subscription fashion.
0: okay, so I have to ask, like where did that idea come from? what you know, kind of what brought that on that made you want to do mascara?
1: You know it's funny i I really don't take it lightly to start a company because I've done it enough times that I know how intense it is and how much work it is and what a kind of a roller coaster it is, right? So, uh, when I first had the idea, it was really around the fact that I realized I was kind of Frankensteining together my mascaras. <laughs> I was looking for the perfect one. And as, as a person with blonde hair, like, I mean, legit, my phone won't even unlock if I'm not wearing my mascara because I just, my blonde lashes don't really show up. Right? Stop. <laughs> um, even, though, even though I'm not a big makeup person, I am a big mascara person. And I was just trying to create something that worked especially well for me. I fell in love with the concept of using a shorter mascara um, because my hand could be closer to my eye, and I could get better angles and better results. And and of course, wanted one that didn't smudge, and ideally wasn't crazy full of chemicals and all that kind of stuff. So when I realized that um, mascara was also something that I always was forgetting to pick up, and that it would run out i'm sorry it would go bad before it would run out and so i always felt like i was wasting the last part of the bottle just all of the information kind of hit me at once and i thought wait a second this is probably something that i could solve and could have fun in the process and so that's that's where it it got started
0: that's so cool i love that and you know you really kind of deliver that same mentality with um you know, other women, because you really are a big encourager of women starting and growing those successful businesses. Uh, what do you feel like is the first step, the the most important piece to starting and growing a successful business?
1: You know, the if we're starting at the beginning, I think the thing that I really like to make sure that we focus on is the fact that we don't have to know how to do it, and I think that that's kind of something that is hidden in the process, and it's worth bringing to light. What I mean by that is that someone like me, who has built multiple companies, I've never built a mascara company before, right? Like I've, I've everything that I do, I'm doing it for almost the first time. I shouldn't say everything, but a lot of things. And so what I've learned over the years, and I I used to run the Center for Entrepreneurship at Arizona State University, and I had the pleasure of really educating a lot of people on what it takes to be a founder and to create a company. And the the primary thing that I think is important to realize in, in those earliest phases is that the journey is literally tackling things that you don't know how to do on a regular basis and so I see a lot of people that when we're getting started especially maybe as women we tend to think like well I don't know how to do that I don't know how to do this part I don't know what a trademark is I don't know if I need an LLC I don't know how to build a presence on social media I don't know like there's so many things that we don't know but that's okay because the journey of being an entrepreneur or a founder is literally just tackling those things one I don't know at a time until you do know, you just research and you ask questions and you find mentors and you read things and you seek them out. And so if, if when we're looking at starting a company, we fill that a frozen feeling with, I don't know, it helps to realize that we just have to embrace that feeling and step past it. And then we can create anything that we can dream up.
0: Right. Hmm. Do you feel like there's a different Ingredient needed to actually scale that? I mean, you've, like you mentioned, you work with multi six figure businesses and you know, you've grown those, and they may not all be the same, but you know, it's the same kind of principles. So, is there a, a switch that has to happen in order to scale? Um, you know, I would say that
1: there's a courage that has to happen, and um, one of the things that I like to of highlight as well is that there is something to be said for confidence and i think confidence helps enable next steps but the way that we get confidence again right if you think about the um the analogy of someone learning to dance what what is it that bridges someone from leaning against the wall pretending like they need to hold it up to being in the middle of the dance floor showing off some moves and it's a couple of things it's some knowledge But just seeing the dance moves or knowing them doesn't fully do it. You have to pair that with a little bit of experience um, of actually physically doing it so that you can kind of feel like, okay, yeah, I I can actually make this happen. And then seal the deal by looking in the mirror and seeing that you actually look like you're doing the dance moves. And so this kind of trio of some knowledge, some experience, and then a, a, a moment of recognition that you did do it, a reflection. Um, That does create confidence. So if if we're talking about scale, I think that it's important to realize that you can build confidence. But again, if you notice, the root of that whole process starts with you not even having the knowledge. And so finding the ability to tackle one thing and then another thing and then another thing and making sure, I think the piece that people miss the most is that final piece of stopping and looking back and going, holy moly, I did that. Mm. Because that's what gives us the confidence to take on something similar um, and something bigger each step along the way.
0: So you talk a lot about creating happy moments. Mm-hmm. What are happy moments to you and how do you create them? Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, you know, so I think
1: obviously, as you inferred that's it's a very personal thing what what's happy for me is different than what's happy for some people. Um, but I want to talk for a second about the value of happy moments to start, um, particularly for people that are building companies um, living in a constant state of having to tackle new things and and learn new things and Grow something that is organic, and so you are constantly looking at: Do I turn left here? Do I turn right here? What do I do next? What do I, how do I create this? Um, there's a lot of uncertainty in that, and it's not a situation where you have um, a feeling of stability, usually, or a feeling of security, or a feeling of repetition. Like I'm just going to wake up tomorrow and do the same thing that I already know how to do. Like um, as a creator, we tend to be encountering lot. And it's worth noting that there is a stress associated with that. There's a stress associated with constantly tackling new things instead of doing things that we're already familiar with and confident. And so for me, the, the purpose in my world of these happy moments in this sphere is really about giving myself a break from that stress and giving myself a chance to refresh. Um, I think the, the thing that really drove it home for me Ali was the fact that In my early twenties, I ended up with a tumor in my head on my pituitary Mm. and a pituitary, your pituitary is the part of the brain that messages motivation and drive. And so even though this pituitary tumor was not cancerous, it was really messing with my hormones. And over the first maybe five to seven years of dealing with that condition, there's a joke amongst pituitary patients that says it's all in your head because it changes the way that you think when your hormones are getting out of whack, when when you know your stress hormones are are exaggerated and all of the other ones are just doing different things than what they should. Mm-hmm. And I was even a part of some of the first studies in the psychology world of the effect of the hormone imbalances that would come along with pituitary tumors on the psyche and the personal relationships of people. And so I went through this really weird experience where growing up I was really ambitious and driven and like would try and be president of everything and would just really you know tackle things and make them happen Mm -hmm. to where at one of the points when the tumor was the worst I remember sitting in front of my desk at at a company and just staring at the screen and thinking I can't do this I I, I can't like it's too hard I give up like every part of me that was used to tackling things and taking one had just kind of disappeared on me. And I thought it was just me. I thought it was just my life, my head, but having gone through being on and off medicine and a few rounds of cycles with this tumor, I've learned that like my experience of the world is different based on whether or not this tumor is messing with me. And so where, you know, (laughs) Previously, I think I, like as a teenager, I guess we're all a little, we have a lot to learn as a teenager, but I think sometimes (laughs) I was lacking in compassion for people because I just thought you put your mind to something and you do it. Like, Mm -hmm. Why don't you just step up and do it, people, right? Um, But I learned that sometimes there are other factors going on, especially physically, that that create an environment in which it can be really hard for us to just step up and tackle something sometimes. So back to the happy moments for me I've learned that I have to actually almost work with you know the experience that my my hormones or my chemicals in my body are having and so things like uh, dopamine getting yourself in a situation where you're laughing maybe that's watching a TV show uh, maybe it's reading a, a book that you enjoy or listening to a podcast that makes you laugh getting yourself in a situation like hugging someone that you love um, for me I also I I take what my I tell my husband I'm going to take a forever shower. I overheat in the bath, so that's my version of taking a bath. I'll just Mm -hmm. lay in the shower and let the water run on me and zone out. Maybe I'll sing a song. Like singing actually does um, activate some of the different nerves and stuff. So I almost approach it kind of from a quest to find literally things that I can do that can create physical experiences for me that are happy moments because I know how powerful those are in changing what's
0: happening inside of my body and lowering my stress level.
1: It's kind of the long answer, I suppose, but.
0: <laughs> but that's great. I mean, that I love really the thought behind them and, you know, you could look at that as self-care. You know, what, what does that mean to, you know, everybody? Um, everybody sure. can at that a little different.
1: And I think if you come at it with the purpose of literally creating almost physical and emotional experiences that are positive for yourself. um, It it, it like reframes what you're doing. It's no longer just, I'm going to take a bubble bath, or I'm going to go on a walk, or I'm going to read a book. It's, I'm going to treat myself to a really lovely moment, you know, Mm. and, and those create physical reactions within us that do lower our stress level and relieve us. And especially when, when company building to me, I know even Like I said, I've done this a number of times, so there are areas that I have some confidence. Still, every single day, I am taking on a new challenge. I'm deciding whether to turn right or left. I feel like a 100 times a day, and it's it's really stressful, and it's exhausting, and it gets my anxiety up. So I know that in order to be able to manage this well and still be clear-headed, I have to find opportunities to take that level back down and to... Like you said, be selfish and give myself some self-care, some moments that counteract that, so that I can continue to create something.
0: I like the reframing of it, though, because then it—you know—so much of why we don't do self-care is because we feel guilty about it. We feel like we should be spending that time on somebody else or something else. And yeah. um, you know, reframing it that way really does take the guilt out of it, even though there shouldn't be guilt. Guilt, but um, you know, it really does kind of reframe that to be you know this is something I have to do
1: yeah exactly it really is and it's it's what we all know of putting like fuel back in our own tank but it's it's almost a, a way of doing it when you look at it this way of it's like you can literally see and feel that happening you feel your stress level go down you feel that happiness settle in and gives you that balance to be able to have a little more strength to go back and tackle all of the challenges of life and I mean I talk a lot about Obviously, company building and the stresses with that, but it's everybody's got their own stressors, right? Like I mean, it can be working with your children. it can be a lot of different angles on what it is that is you know the the things that we, you are spending your own energy on, and, and it all is the same thing. so
0: Okay, so you've worked with a lot of businesses and you've worked with a lot of female business owners. Tell us, what do you think the biggest mistake women make in business? Yeah.
1: You know, I think it's underestimating ourselves. And again, I still do it sometimes. I Mm -hmm. I legit um, had to, there's a part of my business that I'm tackling right now that I I could sense within myself, I've been procrastinating. And as a doer, my pituitary tumor is in check. So I am fully in my motivation cycle here. and um as a doer I know that I don't procrastinate things just for sake of procrastinating I know that if I'm putting something off it's either not in my wheelhouse and I need to delegate it because it's something that I will be slower at than someone else or it's something that I just have some kind of an emotional hang up on and so I'm avoiding it and I I could kind of That I was I was starting to feel that way. So I reached out to one of my founder friends. I I sorry, sidebar here. I am a huge proponent of people creating a network of people that are doing similar things to them and Mm -hmm. so that you can support each other. And I think as you know, people building companies are extremely generous in supporting each other because I think it all drills down to the fact that we've been through so much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We want to help someone else not have to go through all the craziness. So I reached out to one of my friends that's a founder, and um, he's a super, super successful guy, and just said, hey, I actually think I have kind of an emotional roadblock on this thing that I'm trying to tackle. Like, would you mentor me? Like, could I just get your perspective of how you see this differently so that I could look at it better? And it was, I felt dumb because I have a lot of history. I'm known as a person that can do big things, but I still have these moments myself all the time. And so I think that that's important for us to know that, you know, we think that everyone else that's doing things doesn't have doubts or doesn't have those moments, but if anyone is vulnerable, they'll tell you, we all do. And so it would be easy to, for me to just kind of avoid, keep avoiding and just think that I can't tackle something or, um, you know, Anyhow, so we can pause on that part, (laughs) but you know what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, no, and (laughs) I think that's the thing about why those vulnerable social media posts really do resonate with women so much, because that's the kind of thing when somebody says, you know, hey, I tried this and I failed. We're all reading that going, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Right. It's just that, that validation that, it wasn't just us. It wasn't that we were horrible at the, you know, the skill. Right. It's, it's just that, you know, we don't share those things often enough. And so we feel like we're on an island by ourselves. It's true. Yeah. I and mean, then I
1: think we think it is us. And I'll say this too, in any part of business, there is an element of skill. There's an element of tenacity. There's an element of freaking luck. Like, I I have known so many local business owners that were a technician, like, this is a literal example, a bricklayer running a $50 million a year company, right? Like, the guy hadn't even heard some of the basic concepts of business. Um, Like, it would be very enlightening for me to throw a couple of simple terms out to him. But he's freaking built and is running a $50 million business because Mm. he's really good at what he did. and He just kept going, right? Mm. Um, Where I've also seen some of my colleagues and friends that I know have had amazing success in business and then go back to create another one and it just flops terribly, right? Like we can all do the best we can do, but there's always an element of fortune and timing. And there's even studies out there that show that one of the top five, things that has to be present for any company to be successful is it's like timing and luck like Mm. and so it's again I think I want I want to help people understand that it's not a matter of beating ourselves up it's a matter of aligning ourselves with something that we're passionate about and then just going after it because if we are aligned with somewhere that we have passion a we're actually going to enjoy the process so no matter the outcome we had a happy experience along the way. And then B, I think we are giving ourselves the best chance to be successful because we will have natural drive behind something we're passionate about. And we will have a natural tenacity that will take us further than any um, orchestrated one ever would, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's more about um, getting in line with something that you're passionate about and just going for it one step at a time.
0: Yep, I love that. Okay, Christy, so switching gears a little bit, talking about self care, what are your favorite ways to be selfish?
1: Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny, but I love watching TV, Allie. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I was so, like, I grew up in a pretty, um, what is it? I guess, kind of, I guess you could say religious, like a really conservative situation. And so, mm-hmm. It was easy for me to fall into the trap trying to be like this, I don't know, good person that TV was like something I shouldn't waste my time with or something, right? Mm-hmm. And so I didn't even watch TV until I was about 30. And then I discovered TV and I was like, what is this, this is right. awesome? Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so for me, um, I like to and and it's something that is a actually a kind of a a family thing for us, like with each of the different stepkids we've had our shows over the year that we will always watch together. And then my husband and I have certain ones, like it's kind of a fun little social thing that we do together as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's one that I like to bring up because again, I like to, I don't think we should feel guilty for whatever it is. That is our flavor of creating some happy moments for ourselves. So yes, yeah. Watching a TV show that is hilarious and has me laughing. Like, Really, just resets me physically in a way that is amazing. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely one of my favorites. Um, I also, I am a creator. I love to design and create, and so I have this app on my phone that I can play for like fifteen minutes a day, and it's
0: literally just designing rooms. And yes, design home. Yes, you know it. Oh my gosh, it's a time suck for yes. me, but I love it because I feel like I'm being productive. I feel like I'm right? honing my skill. Exactly. So, um, so that's something that, again, it's 15 minutes for me where I get to
1: create, but I don't have to like spend money, like in a way that, you know, I can create a beautiful space, but I don't have to invest a lot to make it happen. And so it's, it's therapeutic for me. Um,
0: do you find yourself like like actually when you're out in stores, seeing pieces that you think, oh, I yes. wish I had had that for my design home, because that oh. would have looked great in that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's
0: that, but the, they are actual pieces, like these, they use
1: real furniture yes. in the game. Yes, you can and actually so, buy it. Yeah, I've seen some in the stores, and here's the best part. There's um, one of the brands on there. Uh, the owner of the brand actually followed my company on oh, Instagram wow. a couple of weeks ago, so... I totally had to fangirl her, and I was like, "Wait, you own Taylor Burke home, and you are following <laughs> me on Instagram?" Oh yes, I love. I felt like quite the dork because you know I'm fangirling someone that has the furniture in the app that I play. But <laughs> yeah, no, I'm right there with you. <laughs> so again, I mean, those are probably a couple that I I really enjoy. Um, I've I've gotten into lettering. That's kind of a, a fun way to. Practice an art. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's creating other digital things for my company that are are beautiful because creating beauty is something that has always kind of fueled my soul. And so finding ways to do that that are easy for me isn't is important. Um, cooking is the one that I really wish did something for me, mm-hmm. but I think my focus on efficiency it just sabotages me every time because <laughs> I cooking a meal is like ten times longer than getting one a different way. And I just Mm -hmm. have yet to get my life to a point where I feel like I have the time to let that be worth the time. But I am so envious of people that enjoy cooking so much because they seem to get a a good release out of that, you know?
0: Yeah. They get a chance to do it every day, three (laughs) times a day if they want.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Fortunately, my husband does cook, so.
0: That's good. Hey, at least one of you. You just need one.
1: (laughs) It's true. It's true.
0: Is there anything you wish you could be doing more?
1: Well, I definitely wish I could be doing more sleep. Um, sleep is my favorite luxury, but mm-hmm. it's a little tough. It in certain phases of company building, I think. Um, let's see, what else? <sighs> yeah, you know, I will say, uh, I think another thing that I have always found as a great release is I love to to host. And so hosting game nights with my friends is something that, I very much miss during this pandemic.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: also something that um I'm I'm one of those, you know, I think a lot of us relate with the concept of being an what is it, an extra introverted, no, extroverted introvert, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um so every time I have an event, whether I'm hosting it or going to it, I go through this, this piece where I'm like, oh gosh, all right, can I just not go? Right. Like I just kind of want to like stay in my groove and and be at home with my family or just keep it simple but I've learned over time that I always enjoy so much the opportunities when I do create them and when I do give them the focus of my time and so spending time with people that I love um friends family things like that I I definitely look forward to doing more of that especially once we can actually be closer than six feet yes
0: I agree so what is next for Christy Oh my goodness. Mascara, mascara,
1: and more mascara. <laughs> so yeah, the next probably three to five years of my life are really about building this company. Um, and so I'm, I'm super excited. I'm just in the earliest phases. I'm um, only a year and a half in, and most of that was in research, development, testing, manufacturing. And so we really just launched to the public in the last few months. And it's going really well, and I'm having so much fun. And I love the fact that with every shipment, I get to include little gifts and positive messages. So it's my way to try and create happy moments for women to interact with our our products and our brand. Um, So I'm really excited to be able to have an opportunity to create something that can reach out and touch a lot of people in a positive way. Um, And then after that, my next would actually be um, doing some writing, I really am passionate about emotional intelligence. I think the understanding ourselves and how the of conscious and subconscious mind work together for ourselves and other people can really enable us to have the best chance at internal peace. And that's a quest that I think is wholly worth it. And I want to be able to share with other people some of the principles I've discovered and learned.
0: Well, Chrissy, I'm. Just really grateful that you took the time to talk with me today. And I love um, your encouragement about happy moments because that's a really important piece, uh, especially right now when uh, maybe happy moments may look a little different um, than what they traditionally have. Um, So it's a good reminder from you. Um, And that's something we can go out and do today. You know, as soon as we hear this, we can go actively... Seek out those happy moments. So I'm really glad you brought that um, to the table, and um, you know, shared your knowledge of um, you know business lessons learned um, with everyone listening. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today.
1: Yeah, you bet. And I, I, think you're doing something really neat in the world here, Ali. Like helping people understand that giving themselves the chance to have balance and the strength that they need to go out and be who they are. It's a really valuable quest. So keep up the awesome.
0: Thank you. Like what you just heard? Visit us at SelfishThePodcast.com. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes today.